0: trainer is the author of Calling the Dreamers, a book which delves into the captivating journey of his favourite childhood band. Collaborating closely with the band, the book reveals how their inspiring story intertwines with groundbreaking technology ultimately reshaping the music industry. And Pete is with us here. How are you today?
1: I'm very well. I'm really excited to discuss this with you.
0: Now what was it that inspired you to write Calling the Dreamers and you know, write about your favourite childhood band.
1: I mean, this has been an adventure, uh, to say the very least. Um, it's not my normal space, this. So I come from a technology industry background. I'm known for work in artificial intelligence and stuff. Yeah. Um, this is the this is the for me the incredible story of kind of four intertwining parts. So I've always had a passion and love for music. I come from the southwest of uh, England originally. Um, There was a band in the 90s that came from our town that really inspired uh, young people to stay off the streets, get into music, go to the pub. Like, we got into the scene, the 90s kind of music scene, because of two artists. PJ Harvey came from our town and Electricity. Um, Now, the the band's actual story was really fascinating as well. I I then got into technology, and the book covers the kind of intersection of that upbringing with this band, their rise to fame, and then ultimately the technology that people like me help create bringing them down um and then we connected uh, i connected with the band a couple of uh couple kind of six seven months ago and we got talking about their story and i was like holy smoke there's so much of my own story that weaves in and out of yours yeah all we went into this the more we realized that there was something really interesting worth exploring and documenting yeah Um, i'm gonna be honest it got out of hand (laughs) Well, you've actually
0: used quite a lot of technology to make the book because you've used yeah. artificial intelligence to rescue some old images to put in the book. So how do you think the technology contributed to the book's creation process? Was it a big part of it?
1: Yeah, I love that question. It. it- Technology. So, in the four parts of the book, like the four intertwining parts, like the red thread that runs from the 90s to now is the kind of technology arc. And the technology arc has been massively chaotic. So, from yeah. the inception of the MP3 in 1994, or whenever it was, to that kind of misesthetizing and then creating piracy and blah, blah, blah. um Like this incredible story of one tiny, simple piece of technology that took down an industry to now, like technology runs all the way through this. Now, when I got chatting with Steve, the guitar player from the band, at the end of last year, we realised that he had just an extraordinary amount of pictures, footage, old recordings, um, stuff from the '90s that was analog and scratchy. And um, and I'm saying, look, dude, like I now got my hands on the kind of technology that re- that would, for a, a almost no cost whatsoever, restore all of that. So um, every picture in the book, if you look at the original, it's scratchy and uh, analog and it's been taken on, um, you know, old disposable cameras or yeah. digital cars with like five megapixel sensors or whatever. We used AI tools to um, bring all of those into HD. So we modernized it. And by doing that with them, and we've done it with the videos, we've done it with, uh, we're starting to do it with some of the old recordings. We've got cassettes of old recordings. Um, and it's almost like an apology to them for the way technology crippled the music industry and took it down. And yeah. we're now like, hey, here's an interesting opportunity to use some of this stuff, to tell your story, to restore your Confidence to bring some of that stuff back to life. Yeah. Um, beautiful photos in the book.
0: It's so fascinating and really useful that you can do that now, isn't it? Because if you use the old pictures, you just wouldn't maybe be able to make it out as
1: much. Exactly. And I think what's incredible about um fans of bands and music is like most of the images from our childhood, my age group, they're in our heads. Yeah. Now, we didn't have phones. We weren't taking pictures of every gig. We were literally staring at stages and artists performing. We weren't looking through. Through our phones vicariously, you know, filming everything all the time. So most of it's in our head. And any images that do exist from that time are a little bit low quality. So to be able to give them some of that kind of definition back, um, I think is really important because a lot of fans now don't understand how big bands like that were in the 90s because nothing exists to document it.
0: And how good is the enhancement? I mean, does it look like it's a picture taken on a high quality camera like today?
1: Yeah, some of it's incredible. Um, some of it is just like a kind of, a rapid way of touching up a picture like you would get a photoshop artist to do right now like so yeah. some of it is just cutting the corners and doing that quickly um there are things that i'm seeing happening with this particular case study that have kind of blown my mind so one example of that electricity uh, we document this as well in the book electricity had a very famous music video in 1998 for their biggest hit it was a top 20 hit in the uk called morning Afterglow." now ali mckinnell the the lead singer of the band sang the entire song backwards and then they shot him destroying a room on camera um singing backwards and then when they played it in reverse it looked like he was constructing the room while singing the song i mean <laughs> like the like, true story one take no cgi just phenomenal yeah. now that video that music video it's on youtube it exists it looks terrible like the quality is terrible <laughs> yeah. um, it was on mtv and the quality is like you know old vhs tape it's awful the reconstruction of some of those shots from that video that are in the book are hd almost ultra hd quality we were able to do that in 30 40 minutes wow to reconstruct a video like that two years ago might have taken six weeks and half a million bucks a yes. we're doing it for free in an hour it's phenomenal like the rate of change is, is really inspiring
0: and of course as you mentioned the book covers technology in general doesn't it because technology within the music industry has changed so much since yeah. the 90s it's almost unrecognizable
1: yeah and the in 90 in 2008 i was actually um, the product director of a startup called mflow we were a music streaming platform we were one of the first even before spotify um and we were we were we were looking at what had happened to the technology that had created piracy and we were saying is there a way of democratizing this is there a way of changing the paradigm on this because it's crippling artists and labels um technology has really um taken a huge industry down like a like a massive industry down yeah. um in the book i don't know off the top of my head in the book um we talk about the album sales from kind of 1990 19- to 2005 and um, like global like the big ones and we're talking about several million copies less a year exponentially so you go from you know say Linkin Park selling you know 21 million albums in 2001 to the best selling album in 2004 selling like 4 million like it's, it was that dramatic because of technology um, and we've spoiled the consumer with free entry to music um, oh you can have it, the entire world's catalogue for £4 pounds a month it's like what have we done it's great yeah. um, um, so I think the you know, the tech the tech line runs through the entire book. It, it takes it from the beginning to the end. Um, but I think what's also really important is we use books like this to focus on the craft of the musician and the artist because the work they put in to create this stuff doesn't change. So it takes them the same amount of time, money, energy, creative effort to create an album. It's the consumer behaviour that's crushed it. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, 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 a, um, it's fascinating and really kind of gutting at the same time sometimes.
0: And it's quite clear that your own kind of personal connection – with the band goes beyond the book. So was this something that you always wanted to do, you know, have some sort of tribute to the band?
1: Yeah, this is this is an itch I've been trying to scratch for a, a long time. Yeah. Um, when we when we set the company up in 2008, which went away quite quickly because um, Spotify took it down, sunk it, yeah. um, we were getting these hard drives. So 2008, we were getting hard drives of music from the labels, and uh, it was phenomenal. Like These big drives, and we had to re-encode them and then push them online, and part of the platform was so we could track music when it went into the wild. Um, so it was like tagging songs i went looking for the band's debut album beautiful insane so i went looking for electricity's album in those catalogues in 2008 um so that i could start to share them with my friends uh and and that they did not exist in the catalogue Wow. So they were good. so in 2008. I was looking for my favorite debut album from the band that I grew up with. Uh, they weren't there, and that's always sat with me. I wanted to know where that band had gone and where that music was. Um, and I'm not going to ruin it because we've got it throughout the book. But the book is also um, the story of kind of like where that album went, like where was it? Why did the industry bury it? Um, it's, there's bits of the book that become like a who done it. So for oh goodness me, almost 15 years now, I've been hunting for that album and the story behind what went on with the band um until last year when our paths crossed serendipitously for various reasons and we just went okay you know let's do this and then when i I started asking questions and going i've been looking for that album for 15 years where is it i was they told me and i was like holy smoke like this is big so um anyway that's the bait on the hook for your listeners yes
0: It certainly sounds like a thrilling book when you've got all the whodunit stuff. When you eventually discovered it, I mean, was that the first time you'd heard it in years?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always had CD copies of it, but of course, who has a CD player these days? I've got a vinyl copy of it somewhere as well. But, you know, we get that album out sporadically as a group of friends. Like when we get together, we listen to it sporadically. I've always listened to their music, but that one album kind of disappeared. And just to put that album into context, it was produced by a guy called Robin Miller, who's huge like he was a massive producer in the 80s and 90s massive they recorded a large chunk of that album uh, at Abbey Road like this is not a small album this was a big album el- uh, in terms of cost and budget um we to rediscover it uh with them get the story behind it and why it was buried um Uh, has been fascinating like beyond the technology and stuff really fascinating now the hope is that within the next kind of year we could get that album re-released and the book tells the story somewhat of why it's important that that album gets re-released
0: yeah that sounds exciting and is there anything else that you're working on yourself at the moment do you think you could write another book
1: this has been a joy so the first book I wrote um, years and years ago now took me a long time and was kind of you know intense like to get it this book we did in Maybe like four or five months. It's one hundred and ten thousand words. Like it's not small. It's big. Yeah, and it was we found like an enjoyment in it and a flow. um And there's a kind of God, there's almost like a kind of multiverse paradigm going on here. Where the more people I spoke to, the more I went, "Wow, your story's fascinating. I could tell that as well." Or, <laughs> That producer that did that in his garage for you, he's fascinating. He worked with so-and-so. so and so. So um I think there might be some spin-offs even from this one, just because it's not finished. Yeah. Uh, so I've got the itch to do more more book work now with with really fascinating people. And I think finding those intersections between humanity and technology um is a space that I think the world needs to explore a lot more at the moment so that we don't codify everything that makes us brilliant. Um so there's some stuff in there I'm gonna do.
0: Yeah, because I suppose with artificial intelligence. You've used it and got some good out of it And, you know, it's helped you But I suppose some people are scared of it and whatever So we need a human thing, don't we?
1: Definitely I think the other thing the industry, the music industry especially Has to be really, really careful of Is this idea that they can start to codify the artist and We're seeing a lot of this now Where, you know, sort of fake voice technology is writing sort of, Like we saw, there was one last year of um, Frank Sinatra doing Eminem Yes and, well, that's kind of novel, uh, but the implication of that is that yeah. you can read his voice and his lyrics with an algorithm. Like, what happens to him, and what rights does he have? Um, and I think there's a there's a tension here that's worth exploring for the craft industries that we need to we need to fight hard for now.
0: Yeah. Well, this book is called Calling the Dreamers. Where are all the places that we're able to find it?
1: My hard work. Um... <laughs> It's currently only in hardback. We're not releasing it digitally because of the irony of the technology. Um, (laughs) You can get it on Amazon. It's available globally through the Amazon platform. We're getting it into the shops right now, but uh, Amazon's the best place to buy it.
0: Excellent. I prefer a physical copy anyway. Good, solid one as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can put coffee on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great having you here.
1: It an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening.
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah. Hey. Yeah.
1: Hey, hey. The Throbbing post of sound, sound, sound. The Toby
0: Gribben Show.